Hi, it's Rabbi Jim Egolf. Thank you so much for listening. Well, this past week was Shabbat Mas'ai, which is the last Torah portion in the book of Numbers. Chazach, Chazak, Venit Chazek, which is what we say at the end of a book of the Torah. Strong, strong, and may we be strengthened. And so in this particular podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about what this Torah portion contains in terms of travels and some of the travels that I've been on. And maybe sometimes the destination isn't as important as what we carry along with us and experience on the way. But we'll get to that in a few moments. You can always reach me, of course, at RAV as in Victor, J-I-M, at AOL.com. Or can call me at 610-624-3441. I'd love to hear what you think. Shalom. Well, as many of you know, my wife and I have just returned from Mississippi. We had an exceptional time at our URJ camp down there, our Reformed Jewish camp. And of course, uh, traveling from where we are now, we traveled. Oh boy, did we travel. We traveled south to Columbus, Ohio, and then Cincinnati, Louisville, Nashville, Huntsville, lots of villes in there. We dined at the Cypress Inn on the Black Warrior River in Tuscaloosa, a place where Rebecca and I had not been for 20 years, and then on to the metropolis of Utica, Mississippi. You know, I really felt like an Israelite in this week's Torah portion. Because Messai begins with a story much like the one I shared with you. Its opening chapter is a travel log, a digest of all the places where the Israelites went after the land of Egypt. Then to Ramses, to Sukkot, to Etam, to Pihahirot, which is before Baal Zephon, in case you were wondering, and then to Migdal. On to Mara, then to Elim, and then finally they arrive at the Red Sea, and 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 the list goes on and on and on until they get to a place called Yarden Yericho, which is basically Jericho by the Jordan. But there's an interlacing of something other than places on the map, and a stop for falafel, if falafel even existed back then. Their journey is guided by another layer that has little to do with direction or destination. The text of the Torah tells us that the Israelites left Ramses on the 15th day of the first month. That would be that they left on Passover, as the Egyptians buried their dead after the 10th plague. In other words, their departure was not some random event scheduled by a travel agent. Theirs was a journey, a journey into history, a journey into forging the meaning of the Israelite Jewish story. As they traveled, the sea split for them between Pihaherot and Maran. Aaron died later at Mount Hor, and the story tells us that that place was on the edge of the land of Edom. 
According to the text, the king of Arad heard the coming of the people of Israel, but just that he heard meant that they were now known. The Israelites were not a a ragtag group of nomads. They were a formed entity. And finally, they arrive at the place known as Jericho. And God gives Moses a mission to tell, share with the Israelites, namely that they are to drive out all the Canaanites and destroy all the idolatry that is in the land God promised to Abraham. So not only do God and Moses guide the Israelites in this epic journey, God also leaves them with a mission, a task, a purpose in their journey. It is our shared meaning that binds those Israelites and us together. Now, I've used a term, shared meaning. I want to explore it for a moment. The shared part I think we have down, when we celebrate Passover, we share a meaning with all generations of Jews, those who came before, and those who have yet to be. We have other shared meanings or touch points, yet meaning is a difficult word. To have and hold a meaning often involves risk. It involves exposing our vulnerability to at least one other person, if not to a group of people, and we don't always get to pick who's in the group. Shared meaning also implies shared vulnerability, shared possible success and failure. To share meaning is to put ourselves out there, and we're not quite sure how it will end. It is our shared meaning, our shared vulnerability, our shared possibilities that binds us together. We were in Mississippi, which is not daring for us since we travel there every summer. There is nothing quite like 97 degrees with 100% humidity to make one melt and appreciate Willis Carrier, who in 1902 invented what we call air conditioning. But this summer was different. Last year, my oldest son and I began to work on preparing him to be called to the Torah as a bar mitzvah. Moses had to lead the Israelites and then get them to go to the promised land. I had to teach my emerging teenage son Torah trope, Torah, and wade through his self-claimed dramas to get him to read for this moment that connected him to Torah, tradition, his community, his family. And this moment that acknowledged that he's no longer a boy, he's a young man. In retrospect, Moses may have had it easier. However, for a parent to teach or see to the instruction of a child is the fulfillment of a mitzvah, Vishinan Tamlevanecha. You shall teach them Jewish instruction to your children. In this moment, as a Jewish dad, I put my son in front of his family and community as the Baal Koreh, the master of the reading of Torah, 
and as the Darshan, he was the interpreter of the Torah portion. There are easier moments in life, but none that hold as much meaning, vulnerability, possibility for success or failure as watching your own child called to the Torah. I held a story in my head as I watched my son on the bima of his camp community. It's a story I fear I don't remember correctly, but it goes like this. A father goes to a synagogue with his son, and he meets with the rabbi and says something to the effect of, well, it's time that he get his bar mitzvah over with. And the rabbi looked at the son, and then looked at the dad and replied, no. It is now time for you to be a Jewish parent. As Jeremiah read, I realized I was becoming a Jewish parent. Yes, I've officiated at, and I can actually say, hundreds of B'nai Mitzvah. But it is different when it is your own child. It is different when you can't relax. And maybe you're not supposed to because the moment is infused with meaning. That is, that moment holds vulnerability, possibility, connections that transcend these couple of minutes and bind generations together. It was interesting because I could feel the generations bound together when I later heard my father-in-law had turned to his brother and said, what do you think dad would have thought at this moment? And my wife's uncle said, he would have loved it. That's a lot for a 13-year-old to grasp. And perhaps more than a parent can take in, even if he is a rabbi. But it was all there. Just like the Israelites in the desert, while they are on the great schlep from one place to another, we know that at times they seem to get it. They appeared, or faked appearing, that all the journeys were some toward some greater goal for themselves, their progeny. That they were creating this watershed moment that would fashion a message for the world. And then there was the next verse or chapter where the revolt, complaint, barrier, fear drove the Israelites into a tizzy and caused Moses to either accumulate more gray hair or become more bald. Yes, those Israelites too had drama, yet we need to remember that meaning causes us to face vulnerability, that possibility for success and failure. Drama spent for a meaning that's not our own is exhausting, yet when we approach those moments that hold meaning for us, it is no longer drama, it is sacred intent. In the end, it is not a matter of doing in the moment. Rather, it is the task of being present for the moments and feeling the meaning. In your life, you have made journeys, gone places. Yet, which moments have held meaning for you? When, reflecting now, have you gained an understanding beyond the task at hand? the place where you needed to arrive, the next thing needing to be done, and just celebrated your existence, your being in that moment.
This Torah portion holds that lesson for us. The lesson of looking back and reflecting. Yes, it has as many stopping points as the AAA triptych used to get to Utica, Mississippi. It also has these moments when the triptych needed to say something other than turn right, then left. It needed to say, turn to your heart. Feel this moment. These moments held meaning because they held within them success, failure, possibility, and vulnerability. They were infused with the essence of what we humans search for in life. Meaning will never be easy. It can never be ordered from Amazon. It is truly distilled through the journeys we make, the uncomfortable risks we take that involve putting our hearts and souls out there and having the courage to fail and the courage to succeed. Shalom. Thank mm-hmm. you.